Hi there, and welcome once again to Warriors Lax Chat. I'm Scott Squires, and pleased to be joined, as always, on the show, the head coach of the Mi'kmaq Warriors. This is Brendan Smithson. Hello, coach. How are you doing today? I am doing very well, enjoying this beautiful sunshine on the first day of June, so appreciate you taking time to join us. I know that uh, you and the Warriors have got an East Coast Junior Lacrosse League game tonight, actually, uh, in Shearwater against Dartmouth. But before we get there, uh, let's go back to your last game. Uh, You hit the road, traveled up to New Brunswick, and took on the Mavericks. Uh, What can you tell us about that game, some good, bad, and otherwise? Um, so overall, it was uh, it was a not bad game. The score wasn't what we were hoping for. Um, we had some uh, injuries and some issues on the offensive side that we were actually missing our top three scorers, uh, which we knew was going to be a challenge going into the game. And uh, a lot of times in the game, um, our defensive players don't get opportunities to play offense. So we, uh, in that game, allowed them to go both ways. Um, and for the first half of the game, they, they played really solid and, and a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, going up and down and creating some fast breaks and hanging with the Mavericks. Um, uh, you know, with about eight minutes left in the, in the third, it was actually uh, 7-6 for us, and the boys were playing really well. Jordan Whitford uh, was on point with his shot as he had four goals and four assists in that game. Uh, and then in the second half, we, we had a little bit of penalty trouble there, uh, and the Mavericks uh, made sure they made us pay on those ones, and our boys got a little bit tired, and um, they rattled off about – I think it was five goals in the last uh, five minutes of the second, um, which which kind of opened up a little lead on us there. Um, just from all the mental opportunities that we had our guys going both ways was a lot on them. Third period, we actually came out strong again and, uh, you know, closed the gap a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, without our top players there, uh, they actually ended up getting into penalty trouble, and we had a hard time uh, trying to bury some chances with the fact that uh, we didn't have our offensive guys who usually run our power play. Um, so I was quite impressed with our play, and um, the defensive guys did a phenomenal job asking them to do more than we usually do, and really stepped up in that in that role. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it was just one of those things that we couldn't quite put a whole 60 minutes together. But overall, it was a solid performance for us. Well, it's interesting, you know, because a similar kind of situation happened with uh, your game previous to your match against the Mavericks when you took on the Halifax Hurricanes. And I know when you practice after that, you really worked on uh, the team with some cardio and some endurance. Uh, mm-hmm. Though you said that they got a little bit tired there, did you see some of the benefits from that practice of last week when you worked on that? Even though, as I said, you mentioned they got a little tired, but did you see some of the benefits from that in practice in terms of uh, maybe the, the team being able to, to hold it together a little longer for the 60 minutes? I definitely thought we saw a lot of benefit from the the cardio piece. And and when I mentioned the team was tired, I don't know if it was as physically tired. Yes, it was physically demanding on them, but what what game isn't? I think it was more the mental side of having to go both ways and uh, do each piece of that that was draining on them. Uh, Physically, we lasted quite a long time. And, you know, to their, you know, as I said, the last five minutes we had some struggles. But coming out in the third, they came out full blast again. And we could see that that running had really paid off for them. And, and they were they fought right till the end. It was just having to go both ways. It, it drains you a lot mentally, and I, I think we hadn't uh, we hadn't done that yet this season. And uh, we asked a lot for them, and they knew that coming in, and they they did the best they could. So uh, I really think the the running in practice was a big benefit to them. Uh, it caused them to dig deep down, even when we were down by five going into the third. 
Uh, we scored two quick ones to bring it right close right after that and uh, and then had a power play opportunity. So they really dug down. That was part of the running, which I saw from them in the game. And it's never easy when uh, you're missing uh, top flight players from an offensive standpoint. But that aside, we had talked about uh, what your message was to the team after that game against the Hurricanes because it was kind of like uh, a Jekyll and Hyde, if you will. So you got to walk that tightrope between the positive and the negative. So I'll kind of ask you the same thing this time around. With that game that you had against the Mavericks up in New Brunswick again, kind of as you said, a tale of two halves, positives, negatives, sometimes hard to walk that tightrope between the two when you're addressing the team afterwards. But what was the message from the coaching staff to this team after that kind of two-sided coin game, if you will? The message to the team after the game was, first of all, we were extremely proud of them. Uh, we put them, you know, our goal as coaches is to put them in situations to be successful, to build confidence and move the team forward. And we asked our players to do more than they had to do all season by going both ways. Most of the time, they're usually just worrying about the defensive end or the offensive end. And I was extremely proud of them to, you know, for the team to do that role, knowing that people were away. In the past, in past years, we've had issues where we've had some players away, and you can just see it was almost uh, mentally they were, they were down from that and like, oh, well, this person isn't here. It's going to be a tough game. But everybody came in with the same attitude. As you could see from the start of the game, they were, they were sparked. They were ready to go. It didn't matter who was missing, and it was their opportunity to step up. And they, I really felt they did during the game. Um, you know, like they played as best they could and as hard as they could in the situations that we put them in. And in some, I thought I was a little worried that it might not be a successful situation, but they turned it into a positive for themselves. And it's actually changed some of our game plan going forward from what we saw. So uh, the message was we're extremely proud of them and to fight through situations that they've not been through this season and, and come out on top and do the best that they can and actually be successful. I mean, nine goals is actually one of our highest offensive outputs. And that was pretty much at the end of the second period. We already had eight. So um, you can definitely see that they, they put a different mindset on and they really worked hard on it. We were extremely proud of that. And, and they were aware they were short. And, uh, you know, so we were extremely proud of how they played and, and that they their, their work and their development has been so far from the start of the season that we're really impressed. And you talk about the message to the team afterwards. And I know that practices during a season, a lot of times there is a common theme that coaching staffs want to bring to the team that stretches out over the course of a season. But then you can have situational things game by game that will cause a coaching staff to kind of look at some things and maybe work on some particulars that are specific to a particular practice, to a particular week. That being the case and with what happened against the Mavericks, what was kind of the theme, what was the tone, and what were some things that you worked on practice this week? Well, one of the things that we noticed from the last game and, uh, you know, going up against Dartmouth, who's one of the, the leaders, uh, was definitely their transition game. And so in the last game, we asked them to go both ways, which we have transitional players. We asked pretty much all of our players to do it, which is a lot. Um, so in this game, we've worked on this week about actually adding those transitional players throughout the game and how they're being utilized and how they're being and how we're changing. Um, that was one of the big pieces that we worked on in, uh, in this upcoming, in the last process leading into this game, because we were pretty impressed with how the transitional players worked and we want to add that to our team this year. Uh, we've talked about it for quite some time and the Mavericks game was the opportunity. So throughout the practice, we worked on the opportunity of how they change and where they're changing and, and their roles on the floor um, so that the players that are operating those understand what they're trying to do. 
which was extremely important to us going into this one. The other piece that we were a little lackluster on our slide uh, on the defensive side, so that's the person who comes across as in health, um, on the cross crease. So we, we really uh, focused on that from the defensive side and getting that piece going because uh, it just kind of fell apart a little bit in the, in the Mavericks game. Um, it's one of those things that I think was just a, a mental breakdown from a lot of work on it. And so we just tried to tighten that piece up so that each, uh, we can make sure we have that ready for the Bandits who are an extremely talented offensive team, and we're going to make sure we need that trust on defense. You mentioned the Bandits. You know, you've talked about it several times on previous episodes of Warriors Lax Chat, you know, just how good they are. And, and they really are kind of the, the bar setter, if you will, for the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League. Knowing what you know and, and knowing what the Bandits are going to bring this evening, especially at home, what do you look for from your guys tonight? I mean, look, anything is possible, and, and that's why you play the game. But looking at this game tonight, what do you really want your guys, your team, to be able to accomplish? And what do you want to see from them in that 60 minutes tonight? Well, in tonight's game, one of the things that we were trying to push uh, is our defensive side. It, it, it was... Uh, it wasn't as strong as it has been in the uh, against the Mavericks, and we want that to come back. It's been one of our cornerstones this year. And against a talented offensive team like it was, like Dartmouth is, we know that we can really um, push them in, in, in that realm. Their last game, they actually, the Wolves held them to seven goals, so we feel that's a, an opportunity that we can take advantage of. And we're trying to take advantage of the offensive side. Last time we played Dartmouth, I think we were a little tentative on the offensive side. Um, knowing who we were going against. And with all of our offensive players back in the lineup today, um, we're feeling like that there's a new energy behind that. Um, we really focused on, on the pick and rolls and getting people open, which we've been missing a little bit. So we're kind of looking for the whole complete game. And the big piece against them is shutting down their fast breaks. Um, they're a team that if you have a turnover in the offensive end or right off a shot, they're gone and they're already up the floor. And in, about, uh, in every game they've had, they've scored at least three goals within a minute. We want to make sure that that doesn't happen. So making sure we're protecting our own end, and we're hoping that the transition players will be a big part of that and shutting that down tonight. So that's where we always focus with the Bandits, uh, is making sure that transitional game gets shut down because uh, without that, they can blow it open pretty quickly, and we want to make sure that doesn't happen. And not that you ever want to you know, copy a team or to compare your team to another, but a lot of times you'll hear coaches say that, you know, when you're playing in a top flight team, regardless of what sport it is, that you like for your team to perhaps learn some lessons or to take some things away. Again, you want the Bandits to bring their best game tonight. But for your point of view, being the head coach of the Mi'kmaq Warriors, you want your guys to go out, perform hard, go for the win. But all that aside, are there a couple of things that maybe as a coaching staff you'd almost like your team to not get caught up in, but almost pay attention to as a learning tool when you're playing a team as good as the Bandits. So on the on the uh, one of the things that we, we've been starting to preach this year, and uh, we've been really focusing on, and our defense has done well, that the, the Bandits do very well, is they play a, a physical game within control, and uh, we want to have our defense have that physical piece, uh, and adding that, and also adding pressure on the ball. Uh, in the first couple of games, we did a really good job of that. We've, we've relaxed on that a little bit. So the idea of, from the defensive side, putting pressure on their, their players, they have some of the best shooters in the game that can score from almost anywhere on the floor, that you need to make sure that we are out on that ball and not allowing them free shots from the outside because they're going to bury most of them. 
On the, deep, on the offensive side, one of the things that they do very well that we really preach to our team as well is, is they're always moving. And with the Dartmouth being such a physical team, it's important that our offense is always moving. Um, we've had some times where we've got caught standing still in the past couple games, which is process, and we're trying to focus on getting them to continually move so that the, the physicalness doesn't happen as much, that we can get them moving back and forth. So those are the two things that we're really focusing on for for tonight's game and that we've seen from them. And we've used video from our last game against them to show where, where this has been happening and the successes as we videotape all of our games. Uh, and we were using that in practice as well to help show our guys what we're looking for um, and, and move that. We do talk to our guys throughout the season about when they're watching film, it's not just about watching us, it's also about watching what other guys are doing. Because um, sometimes they can have a really good uh, defensive set or an offensive set and it's something that you can see and you can build off of. The season now is is starting to get into you know the the warmer weather, the deeper part of the season. The bandits, of course, you know, undefeated right now. Hurricanes have put a little bit of separation between themselves and the rest of the pack. So you kind of have Dartmouth and Halifax right now, one, two, but three, four, and five bunched together. And I reference that coach because after tonight, a really busy and important stretch coming up for the Mi'kmaq Warriors. Uh, your first game back at home in a while. Uh, next Friday uh, against the Halifax Hurricanes. Then you got a couple of games on the road against the Mavericks and uh, Sackville. And then after that, a couple of games close together at home. So you never want to look far ahead. You never want to look past your next opponent. However, knowing how closely the standings are bunched, 3, 4, and 5, and looking ahead at how busy you you are going to be this month, what's kind of the message or what has the tone been with the team in terms of, yes, focus on the next game in front of you, but we've got to really kind of focus in and attack this month as much as we can to put ourselves in a good position? You know, our focus has been that June is the playoff push. Um, you know, we, we've been at the start of May, has been working with a few things, um, change, you know, trying a few different things offensively and defensively in transition. And now that we're in the month of June, it's about fine-tuning and that every game is important. Uh, yes, Halifax and Dartmouth have, have started to separate themselves from the league, and it's going to be, you know, tough for us to, to get up to catch those guys. But, you know, an upset win over, over the Bandits or over the Hurricanes uh, can speak a long way. Right now we're uh, two points behind Sackville, who ended up beating the Hurricanes on Monday night. Um, so those two points are a big difference in our league um, and the importance of all those games. So we've really put a lot of emphasis on this month of June as our playoff push, and, and that's where we're looking at it. Uh, you know, we've had a few situations with injuries where players were like, I think I'm okay to go, and we've kind of done a bit of resting and rotation just to make sure that everybody's healthy for this playoff push, as we're calling it, um, to move forward. So. This is where we're focusing on. We do focus one game at a time, but this month of June is all about the, you know, it's almost our playoff in that we need to make a strong push here. And any point or two points uh, is going to be the difference between who gets in and who doesn't. Uh, we know we have some huge matchups against the Wolves and, and the uh, Mavericks coming up. But as we said, any upset against anyone in our league, and, uh, you know, that might be the difference to get in. There's a possibility of ties in our league, so if there's any, you know, one point can be the difference between in and out. So uh, we want to make sure that we're on point with that and uh, focusing on that piece. And our boys are extremely focused right now. They know this is where it matters and where it counts, 
Um, they have been on the road a very, very long time, and uh, they're starting to feel it. We're starting to get the comments that they really like to go back home and, you know, be in front of their fans. We have great support on the road, and they're always there for us, but uh, they do miss the dressing room and being at home. So after tonight, they're really looking forward to having a home game uh, and being back in front of their fans. But this is, this is what we focused on. We focused on that, especially the June 9th game uh, against the Hurricanes and going forward from there, uh, or June 8th, sorry, against the Hurricanes and focusing from there is where we're really pushing hard to make those playoffs and every point count. There's nothing like a little home cooking to make you feel like yourself again, Coach. As we told him, we've gone through the hardest part of our schedule being on the road. Now you get to be home for quite a bit. Oh, it's going to be fun. Uh, June is going to be a very exciting month and an important month, certainly, for the Mi'kmaq Warriors. And before we wrap up here, Coach, because I know obviously you got to get uh, the rest of your day done and then uh, get up to Shearwater for that game tonight. But we've been doing it the last couple of uh, episodes and we'll continue with it here. But it's good to take a look at different players and we've been doing a player profile each game. You know, it's nice to get to know who some of these players are and a little bit about their background and what they bring to the team. So, Coach, uh, we'll wrap it up today with... uh, having you take a look at one more of your Mi'kmaq Warrior players. Uh, who have you got for us today? Uh, so today I just wanted to talk a little bit uh, about Mackenzie Maloney. Um, he's one of our offensive players. Uh, he's been with the Warriors for, the, this is his third year with us, so he still has two more years to go. Um, the neatest thing about Mackenzie, he was uh, actually growing up, he lives in uh, Indian Brook, the same place as Bryson. Um, he was part of uh, the Sackville Wolves organization growing up. This was before the Warriors were around. And uh, one of our uh, trades at a draft deadline, uh, as uh, uh, Wolves, he was actually assigned to be with the Wolves, and we made a deadline deal to pick him up and uh, has been a great addition to our team. So he plays on the right side on offense along with Bryson. Um, those two have chemistry um, just like brothers. Uh, Mackenzie was also part of the North American Indigenous Games team this year that went uh, – to Toronto. He was one of the assistant captains. And, uh, you know, in, in the first year, it was very interesting to see McKenzie. Was a, McKenzie is one of our smaller players. So uh, he's definitely noticeable on the floor. The nice piece is being one of the smaller ones. He unfortunately doesn't push around a lot, but he always gets lost in the crowd. And every once in a while, he pops out right on the side of the net. You ask anybody in the league, um, you know, McKenzie is one of the heaviest shots within the league. Uh, this year, he's taken a lot more opportunities to take shots, and it's been a big benefit to us. Um, he had two goals in the last games against the Mavs. Um, and when he gets his shot on, it's one of the hardest ones for goalies to stop. Um, as well, he, in his first year, you know, as new players come up to our association and any association, in, in the rookie season, it's always a learning experience. And in his second season, he really caught on to that leadership piece. And he has been a great mentor for a lot of our younger players, such as uh, on the offensive side, so uh, Carter Hatfield and Randy Milner. He's been a great influence for them uh, and supporting those boys, and as, long as, as well as supporting the uh, boys from uh, Cape Breton. Uh, it's been a great addition to the team, and he's one of those voices. He's not a loud voice in the dressing room, um, but is, when he speaks, it, it speaks volumes to anyone, and he's very well respected. Um, he's a huge part of our offense, and uh, without him, we wouldn't be as far as we are. And uh, it's been great to see him develop over the three years that we've had him and the next two years coming up. We're excited to see what else is in store for him as, as his leadership skills have just flowing through the roof. Um, he's worked with a lot of our minor groups, and I know a lot of the kids in Indian Brook um, to help uh, move the lacrosse forward there and, and just been a great addition to our team and the community. And uh, he's definitely a leader in his own community. So it's been uh, a real honor to have him on our team, and, and uh, we're happy to have him. 
um, and looking forward to what he brings on in the future. Um, it's, he's another one of those big pieces to our team that you don't always see everything that McKenzie does. A lot of people just look at stats, but he he has some great stats, but he's also way beyond that piece and, and such a role model to a lot of kids that are coming up through the ranks and, and, and uh, moving forward. Yeah, you hear about it all the time uh, in team sports, the the leadership ability, but also the intangibles that a player can bring to a team. Sometimes you have to look beyond the stat line, and it seems very clear that Mackenzie Maloney, while he is a better-than-a-point-a-game player, which is great, from what you're seeing, Coach, uh, he obviously brings a lot more to the team than just what you see on the stat sheet. Exactly. As you know from uh, from team sports, it's it's more than just points and, and stats. There's a, there's a as part of a family, there's each member of that family, and Mackenzie plays a huge role in ours. Um, and he fills a lot of the gaps that we're always looking for and intangibles that we're looking for players. And it was the same when we were in NAG, and one of the reasons he uh, got to wear the A for us was because he filled a lot of those intangibles and has been a great role model for uh, our future generation. Well, Coach, we certainly wish you and the rest of the team, including Mackenzie Maloney, a lot of luck tonight. Safe travels up to Shearwater, and best of luck against the Bandits this evening, 730 is when things get going there in Shearwater, and I would encourage folks to get out, support not only the Mi'kmaq Warriors, but support the league in general. A lot of great things happening around the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League. And, Coach, we again, we really appreciate your time, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. You as well. And, again, go get the Bandits tonight. Will do. That's Coach Brendan Smithson. He's the head coach of the Mi'kmaq Warriors of the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League. They've got a big game tonight against the league leaders, the Dartmouth Bandits. That'll be taking place in Shearwater at 7.30 p.m. Atlantic time. I want to thank you very much for joining us on Warriors Lax Chat today. I'm Scott Squires. Wherever you are, enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now. Thank you.